Welcome to the Brave School Podcast. We explore the intersection between entrepreneurship, mysticism, and creative courage through human-centered curiosity and storytelling. This podcast is narrative medicine for the wild-hearted artist and entrepreneur who longs to show all the way up to their creative process. We hope you enjoy. Hello, Dreamer, and welcome back to the Brave School Podcast. It's Daje here, and I'm so excited to bring you a solo episode all about strategy again, of course. (laughs) Uh, Today, I am sharing with you three powerful strategic tools that I use for remembering my why. So these are tools that you can actually take home with you and implement today to get back on track with your why. I know that on social media, so many of you know me as the story doula, and sometimes we'd be having conversations, you know what I'm saying, on the stories, in the comments, in the DMs, and so many people right now are feeling totally disoriented with social media. You feel like, you know, just this weight of like this cloud, almost this veil that you have to walk through in order to understand how to even move and operate in this place. Some of us are feeling really, really tired out there and exhausted by what we're seeing. So, so much is happening literally every week and we are desensitized and we are grieving and we're feeling it all and all of it is valid. So I just want to validate you wherever you are in the process right now, whether you're feeling good on social or you're just feeling like, I don't want to be here. It's totally, all of it belongs. It's, it totally is okay. So what I want to talk about today is this awkward, messy middle between being a creative artist and being a business entrepreneur. Because Because I think this messy middle has a story to tell us about why it's hard for us to sometimes remember why we're here. Now, I do want to throw out there that, you know, digital strategy is not the only way to build a business. But if you are building your business online, if you are an online entrepreneur who is showing up to the internet and you're trying to figure out how to navigate it, then this is for you. This is not necessarily going to be for the person who is not building their business online or who isn't using social media to create powerful community transformation and revenue. So I just want to create that distinction. I know that for me, for a while, even though I've been a digital strategist for eight years and I've always shown up in a certain way on social media, I've always shown up with a very specific intent way back in 2014 when I, I really wanted to be like a blogger and I wanted to like live my life as a writer. So I started carving out that path for myself. And even back then, I was like always about, you know, the wild hearted, the risk takers, the, the the people who are out here putting their work out there in the world. I always have wanted to make space for creatives to breathe in their processes. Who I've been online, go back through the archives. It's who I've been since day one, okay? But there's also like, even in that, even though I knew why I was here, even though I knew why I wanted to show up on the internet, there were so many times when I felt a lot of self-doubt and I felt really dismissive of my process of moving from artist creative to entrepreneur. And it's not that like when you become a business owner or an entrepreneur, you're all of a sudden no longer an artist or a creative. It's just that there is a transition between how and why you show up on the internet because as an artist who maybe you have other jobs or like maybe you are a full-time artist but you are funded by you know grants and things like that there isn't necessarily a, a drive or necessarily there's not really a need to show up and build a community to sell your work online right so there's a different relationship that I'm trying to distinguish here where when you show up as an entrepreneur, your business kind of rides on you being willing to show up to the process of marketing or what I would describe as moving into the market. It's not about the ads. It's not about, you know, what channels you're using. It's about just marketing. It's just moving into the market with your product and service and presenting it to the people you're here to serve, right? 
And for me, for a really long time, I felt like it was hard and almost like debilitating to try to show up to my business with authority because I was afraid. So in those moments, those are the moments when I decided, okay, well, I'm going to create a totally separate Instagram account for this and a separate Instagram account for this. And I started fracturing like my Instagram presence across these different channels so I could show up in these certain ways. And what I was actually doing was like shape-shifting my essence. Now, I'm not saying that having multiple Instagram accounts for different things is bad. But what I was doing was I was trying to control the way that people perceived me. I was trying to control the way that my friends received or perceived my work. I didn't, I wanted to move the dirty work, (laughs) the quote unquote dirty work of selling my business and my products and marketing my services away from the eyes of the people who were in my life, my friends, people who I wanted to keep around people who I cared about the opinions of. I didn't want them to see me doing that. And I can't even articulate why anymore, to be honest, because I'm so like totally far removed from that at this point. But I just remember it feeling terrifying. Like, what will they think if they know that I'm one of these people who sells their work on the internet? And it's, even though it was like, supposed to be liberating for me, right? So when we start businesses, it's not, you know, we don't do it because we have to. Nobody's like dragging us by the collar to go and start a business and say, you got to do this or else, you know, I'm going to do something to your family or whatever. I don't, I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. But like, nobody's like forcing you to start a business. Okay. You're doing, you're doing it of your own volition. And I know that a lot of people, when they start a business, they're doing it partially because they want their own freedom. They want they want to create space for themselves to breathe in their own creative process and be paid for it in exchange to show up fully to the, the, the work and the service they feel wired to bring to the world in a way that is unadulterated by other people's opinions, unadulterated by other people's authority and people telling them what to do. We go into business to express a creative process in a way that allows us to receive an exchange of resources in return. So a lot of creatives, myself included, we show up to this work to liberate ourselves to the process, like to liberate ourselves to the process of creation. We show up to this work to liberate ourselves through the process of sharing our work because so many of us are embracing our dharma through building a business. So when I was doing when I was doing this and I had myself fractured against all different kinds of like Instagram accounts and presences and I was also managing other people's Instagram accounts and managing other people's online presences, I, I just felt so constricted. And I was afraid that if I showed up as my, myself as a business owner, someone who is taking up my space on the page that I had, like the story, what is now the story doula, if I showed up there with my work <laughs> that people were going to like, I almost had this fear of like people were going to burn me at the stake or they were going to avoid me in public or abandon me or something. And I was afraid that it was going to be my fault, that I was going to be the one who was alienating them. So I resisted hard going 100% in marketing. And actually, because I resisted it, because I resisted moving myself into the market, okay, with the work that I felt like I was here to do, I actually ended up like not doing a great job at managing these other accounts because when I was like not in my home frequency in my own work, how could I ever show up authentically in other people's or other spaces, right? So being in my home frequency about my own dharma, my own medicine really mattered and affected my work in the creative process. And I resisted going 100%. I resisted going 100% on marketing. I especially resisted going 100% on sales. I resisted going 100% on strategy and showing up to what I came here to this earth to build because I was exhausted by the idea of having to possibly shapeshift my essence online in order to build sustainability around my business. And if that's you, let me know. 
send me a DM. Let me know it resonates. Feel free to share this podcast on your stories. Feel free to like leave a rating, a comment um, on this podcast episode on Apple, Apple Podcasts. And in fact, if you do that, it actually helps other people to see it. So I really appreciate you sharing this podcast. It's so good um, when you do that. And the podcast is good. It's it's getting better because I'm what again, I'm going going in, I'm going 100%. So we're doing this work together, okay? And so when I when I when I was doing that, when I was like shape-shifting in order to like keep myself from alienating people in the process, thinking that people leaving me when I showed up as my authentic self was my fault. <laughs> Hello, it was not. Um, I actually learned that that it's true. People do leave when you show up fully. People do leave when you go all the way in. And usually the people who leave are the people who are jealous or the people who are not acknowledging their own desire to, to go all the way in. And it can feel like a loss because sometimes you look into your followers and you see, oh, those were friends. Those were people that I really loved. Or you'll notice that the people who were watching your stories that you really love for a while are no longer watching your stories. And even though they follow you, they are not seeing any of your your content. You're like, oh, my God, they have me on mute. (laughs) That's real. That's true. So I'm not here to sugarcoat and say, you know, if you if you're your true self, then nobody can resist you because that's not the truth. It's actually the opposite. When you are truly your pure, authentic self, you actually will repel the people who are not able to withstand the purity of that energy. And so just keep that in mind that this is a risk and you have to be willing to count the cost of do I want to show up to my dharma? Do I want to show up to the work I'm here and wired to do? Do I want to show up for the people I'm here to serve and be in community with? Or do I want to shrink and self-silence in the shadows and in the the opinions of people who are not paying my light bill, who are not, you know, running my payroll or my paycheck, who are not putting food in my fridge? They're just literally people with opinions and people who I might care about, but who don't find it valuable enough to stick around to see me shine. That's, you know, that's fine. Um, that's fine because if you're too busy looking at other people and, and criticizing other people who are shining, then you're absolutely not shining yourself. So just like, that's just something to keep in mind, right? And when I learned that this was true, when I learned that my some of my best friends were like <laughs> even just totally repelled by like this idea of me showing up as my true self and 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 keep in mind I wasn't even like at this point I wasn't even like selling anything I was just being who I am I was caring about the things I was caring about I was sharing what felt good for me to share that felt helpful for very specific people and when I realized that the resonance that I was finding with those people was really helpful and even life-changing to them based on the conversations that we had I decided oh you know actually it means a lot more when I show up as my true and authentic self and share what I came here to share and then when I like shrink in the shadows and hope that nobody criticizes me behind my back for being who I am as a business owner, as an artist, as a light in the world. When we shrink or self-silence, when we hide our light to keep from being seen in a certain way or keep from being judged or when we adjust our behavior or mute our voices to try and maintain control of how people see us, We might keep some people around, but we will continue to feel scared. And I've got to say that this is like, this behavior is what I have learned to be as like a codependency where I am adjusting who I am in order to appease another person. And that's just, yo, let's just put that on the table and say, we're going to consider that and maybe like slide it on into the trash can. Okay. <laughs> like this is just not the energy, right? We're, we're moving into a paradigm where it is so imperative and important for us to be ourselves, but also we're moving into a state of, of love as a planet, as ourselves, that it's, it just feels really important to me to say that like who you are and the essence you bring to the table is good. Your light is is good. And when we try to bend that light, when we try to bend that beautiful sacred container of who we are in order to 
appease someone, when we try to scrunch ourselves into a box in order to make someone else feel more comfortable with just the truth of who we are. It's not even about are we, you know, are we being loud and and irreverent, which there's nothing wrong with irreverence in my opinion, but like, are we being disrespectful? Like, it's not even about being disrespectful or humble or loud or whatever. It's not about any of that. It's about do you believe in, are, do you feel allowed to be who you are? First of all, before we even talk about your business, you as a creator, do you feel allowed to be who you are? And do you feel allowed to walk around in the sacredness of who you are? How do we move from scared to sacred, right? We lose touch of the sacredness that we have been birthed inside of us. We have been seeded with a a vision, a purpose, a dharma, a wiring, a way of showing up to the world that is uniquely our own. And we squish that, we silence it, and we mute it when we try to appease other people. So how can we shift our creative process from being scared to sacred without the risk of losing people? Well, my answer to that question, my response to that, I don't have all the answers, but what I have learned is that you can't. You can't be fully who you are in all of your sacredness without the risk of losing people. It's just not possible because some people are just not going to like it. Some people are just going to leave. Some people are going to get up and go. Being your true and authentic self might cause you to lose some people who are attached to your willingness to be inauthentic to keep them comfortable around you and in love with you. And that ain't love. That's codependency. Even in the online marketing space. Let's translate this to the digital world. Like you're, you're here, you got a medicine, you've got an idea, you've got a dream that you want to bring into the earth, you got an idea that you want to birth into the digital realm and make it into this powerful sacred container for people to experience transformation. But you've been sitting on it for about three, four, five, six months because you're thinking about Sally, who's been your best friend since you were in the third grade, who constantly shit talks entrepreneurs who are out here showing up to their work and their process. And you're listening to that and you're hearing that you're like, oh, you know, if I show up to my work and I show up to my creative process, she's going to think that way about me too. And I don't want that. So what happens? You shrink. You keep your ideas secret. You keep your essence a secret and hidden and muted and afraid. And that's not the energy. That's not the energy, my friend. Sweet dreamer. That's not the energy you are called to walk in. Okay, you don't have to shape shift your essence in order to show up to your dream. And if people are not willing to fully receive you, the dreamer, as well as you, the creative and the cool person and the the, the person who goes to all the shows and does all the things and has all the house parties or the person who is who you are in whatever space you're in, but you're also the dreamer inside too. If they can't accept the dreamer in you, it's time to put put them on the table and just ask questions about, and I'm not going to, I'm not here to tell you what to do. I'm not here (laughs) to tell you what to do, okay? But it might be time to just evaluate the connection and what you're receiving from that relationship, right? Because it's causing you to forget your why. Why are you here? I'm here, me, Daje, I'm here to help you remember that you are here for goodness. You are here for greatness. You are not here to shrink. You are not here to shapeshift yourself into the shadows and be the smallest thing on earth. You are here to be fully who you are. However big your your essence is, you're here to take up all of your space in your rightful path. You do not have to shapeshift your essence in order to show up to your business, your life path, or your calling. And the idea that you have to become somebody else in order to do that is a lie. It is a lie. Actually, your work is probably calling you not to shapeshift into somebody else or to hide who you are in order to appease certain people. Your work, your true work, essence, nature, medicine work is probably actually calling you to drop all the narratives that have kept you in little worth and smallness. It's probably calling you to drop those narratives that are keeping you silenced and afraid to use your voice. Your work is actually probably calling you to embody and recognize your true true self so that you can carry out your calling. 
And that is the, that's the transition. That's the line we walk as people, creators in the world who have really big dreams but are afraid to show up. We feel like we're at the very brink of something, but we're afraid to dive in. This is the transition. This is the liminal space. It's the messy middle of moving from creator to entrepreneur, of artist to business owner, Right? At first, the community that supports your work in the world. So when you do start to toe that line and really begin to step into your dharma and you begin to like move through the tension and the darkness that comes with like realizing that 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 the person that you were, you know, 10 months ago who was okay with being small and the person you are right now who is breaking out of that smallness, you're like those two people might end up with different communities. Okay. And the community that supports your work in the breakthrough, in the walking through the liminal, is probably going to look a little different than the community that you had 10 months ago or the community that that supports you in your personal day-to-day world. And that is okay. But the truth is that people are going to come and go. And not everybody is going to get it. Not everybody's going to get you. Not everybody's going to get your vision. Not everybody's going to be applauding you. Some people are going to be watching you, waiting for you to fail. That is real. I'm not saying that to discourage you. It's just the truth. Like when you start walking in your light, you're going to have haters. And these are not necessarily truly haters. They're just people who have recognized their own inner truth, their own dharma. And guess what happens when light shines through the dark? It breaks through the dark. I wrote a poem a while ago that says, I'd rather be a siren singing one note into the dark, asking it to break into stars than to be silent. And I give that poem, that medicine to you, that you are here to ask the sky to break into stars through your business, through the work that you're here to bring into the world. People are going to come and go. Not everybody's going to get it. And that's okay. That is the paradox of building in community. That's the reality of building a business. You are not here to please people. You are not here to create the kind of impact that only keeps you popular and safe. You're not here to do that. You're here to be a part of the unfolding of the cosmos. You are here to be a unique part of the evolution of Earth into a deeper sense of love and new order. I love what Layla Delia says. She says, You're not here for everybody, but who you are here for, you're here for in a big way. And the moment that you can begin to step into that, the moment you can begin to allow yourself to be here for who you're here for, that's the moment where you're going to start to begin to feel that self-initiation, that God nature expressed, that ability to create from nothing, to, to make meaning out of mess. So... That was all an introduction to these three very strategic tools, powerful strategy tools, and they're very simple too, that you can keep in your pocket so that you can remember your why with your work in the world. So we're going to move into the first one. There are three. I'm going to share the three with you. A value proposition, a framework for transformation, and a channel to pour the work you're doing through. So let's start with proposition development. What is a value proposition? What is a value proposition? A value proposition is a tool that you can use to help you clarify how you propose to bring work into the market. This is how you propose to move into the market, right? So if we were to think about the value proposition from a folk medicine framework, it's basically how you would propose to craft effective medicines that serve your community at their point of sickness and and wellness, their wellness goals, right? Because you're not going to like go and make stuff that is not beneficial to anybody if you're a medicine maker. You're going to make things that benefit wellness, right? It's very intentional, very purposeful way to approach the work, right? So you're not going to just be spinning up concoctions and being like, here, try this. I don't know what's in it. I don't know if it's going to help you, but we going to do this. Like, which is, if you think about how we approach the digital realm, a lot of us are out here like this, okay? I'm not calling anybody out. I'm just like, you know, speaking the truth and love into power, right? A lot of us are out here is like, we going we gonna to concoct some things, some random things and can throw it out there and see what happens. And it's like, well, of course, nobody's locking into like this vision 
vision because they don't know that this is medicine for them, right? So a value proposition can help you basically quantize on the beat, to get on the beat and be like, this is what I'm here for. This is why. (laughs) This is who I'm here to serve. And in order to craft an effective proposition statement, I think it's really important to get clear on three things, right? So your people, so who you're here for, your work, and your place in the market. Now, I have a framework called slow branding that actually opens these up in a really slow and, and fragrant way. So you're, I'm, not, I'm not saying craft a value proposition and then you'll immediately know your people, your work, and your place in the market. But it's the willingness to move into this proposal. The willingness to move into this proposal and say, okay, th- this is my intention on, on how I plan to show up to my business and to my work in the world. So many people, as they make that transition from creative to business owner, so many people have communicated to me that they feel like they are losing themselves in the process. And if this is you, let me know on IG, on, in an email, you can just send us a DM, whatever you want to do. But if you're, if this is you, you feel like as you're making this transition from creative to business owner, you feel like you're losing yourself. You feel like there's a part of you that is being given over to a politic of building revenue, especially on IG, especially in email, through all aspects of digital strategy, from marketing to positioning to sales. A lot of creatives are afraid of creating business or sales because they're afraid to lose themselves and they're afraid to lose other people to the politics of building revenue. But here's the truth, okay? I'm going to share a little bit of like truth, something I'm I'm learning. You can consider it. Let's put it on the table to consider, okay? That you can never really truly lose yourself. That who you are, your essence cannot be lost. It is not an object. It is not a commodity. You might forget who you are, but who you are cannot be lost. And and who other people are cannot be lost as well. People can choose to leave and go. They can consent to what you're doing and, and withdraw consent to participate in what you're doing. That None of that has anything to do with you and who you are. It's not your identity. So there's like, an invitation here to to stop placing your identity in, in the work that you do on the internet, right? <laughs> the value proposition is not here to sketch out your identity. Your medicine is not your identity. Your medicine, your modality is not your identity. And I know that we like to like sort of be defined and quantize on on a beat a little bit and be like, you know, I'm a strategist or I'm a I'm a doctor or I'm a therapist or whatever titles we use to create language for the work that we do in the world. That's great, but those are not your identities, right? And these are valid concerns. And and this is a mindset is valid because we don't have a widely known template for how to show up to this process differently than how we've seen it done, right? So there are a lot of rules, there are a lot of like strategies and frameworks out there. And 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 so many of them, a lot of the people in this community have found that they don't work for, for you, which is why I'm not teach, sitting here teaching you exactly what to do, where, when, why, and how. I'm not here to talk about social media analytics and, and what kinds of crispy photos to put on your grid and which day. I don't do that. That's not my approach. My approach is to put the language, put the voice back in your hands and, and put, the, put the strategy back in your body like it's already in you. And, and so much of the work is digging it out and remembering that, oh, I already know how to do this, right? Here's the thing. We live in a culture that commodifies the voices of creative people. We live in a culture where the impact of sharing our voices with very little material return, no less, leaves creatives feeling extracted from, imbalanced, and afraid. This is what a lot of people are experiencing in social media, right? They're, they're exhausted. They're burnt out. They're tired of like putting excellent art on the internet and getting like two likes in return. They're, they're tired of like feeling like they're shouting into a void and only getting like one sale on their three-week launch, right? If that's you, just let me know if this is resonating for you. We do live in a culture that commodifies how we show up and we're encouraged to commodify ourselves, but uh, we, we are not commodifiable. Our essence cannot be commodified. Our essence cannot be packaged and sold, okay? But 
there's also like this just an, there's an imbalance, right? And, and we feel extracted from and afraid. And we are even asking each other to give, over give, to give freely, to share our gifts, insights, work, art, and creative process online for free before we're allowed to sell anything, quote unquote. There's a lot of people out there saying, you're not allowed to show up to people unless you've given everything away for free, which doesn't make any sense to me. And I'll talk about that in another podcast. But we're even threatened with abandonment and cancel culture. And I'm about to go here, okay? I'm going here. (laughs) That our work should be free or accessible to everyone or else we're just out for the dollar and we're no better than the 1%. So we got solopreneurs out here who are one-person teams being asked to do all the things and not get paid and make everything overly accessible to everybody on the planet because they're going to get canceled. (laughs) They're going to be abandoned by their community if they don't do so. And that's a dangerous line to walk, y'all. Dreamers, that's a dangerous line. Okay, that is the perpetuation of capitalism in the most concise format that I have ever seen in my whole life. You're asking solopreneurs out here to be Walmart for you. And that's not right. We as a creative community have to to really kind of reconsider. I, I really believe that we should reconsider the way that we're approaching this. Because it's just not true, right? It it, it is that is a story that we fed ourselves. It's 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 like you're it's it's like hamster pellets that we're feeding ourselves. It's not real food. And capitalism has convinced us that this is real food and it's not. It's a hamster pellet that came out of a bag from, from PetSmart. It's not greens and, and cornbread and, and squash and, and kale. It's, it's paper, cardboard, paper bag food. <laughs> it's not true. This is an old template designed by the wild ass capitalistic systems we're learning to transition out of as a culture. Your value runs so much deeper than the way you show up on an Instagram caption. Your worth is bigger than that number of exchange on an invoice. Your worth is incalculable and innate. Your worth is vast. And your intentions are what bring you to the market. Not your worth. Not your worthiness. Not your however long it took for you to prove that you could be here doing this work. None of that gives you permission. Your intentions give you permission to do the work you're here to do, okay? Nobody else's expectations, nobody else's approval of you gives you the permission. You give you the intention. You give you the permission through your intentions. You authorize you to create value and ask for equal exchange, not your worthiness or what you perceive other people think of your worthiness, And on top of that, your worthiness is not here to bring you to the market to ask for anything. (laughs) Your worth cannot be calculated. Your worth cannot be calculated. I'm so tired of conversations about worth. Your worth is, is, is not calculable. The impact you bring through your presence, the impact that you bring through your presence cannot be calculated. I don't care how minute you get with it, how many profit loss sheets you you pull out. Your impact, the truth of your impact, if you are really showing up and being present in your process, your dharmic creative process, it cannot be calculated. We can try, but it cannot be contained. So when you begin to transition from wild-hearted creative into business owner, entrepreneur, who is intent on shifting culture, recognize that it's it's not your worthiness or it's not your positioning in the market that increases your worthiness. So what I'm saying right now is it's not your branding that makes you more valuable to people. It's not your website. It's not your logo. It's not your images. It's not your color palettes that increase your worthiness. What positioning does right? 
And I, positioning begins with your value prop. It begins with how do you propose? What is your intention? Your positioning is what increases your access to resources so that you can show up so that you can show up to your intentions with powerfulness, sovereignty, integrity, and grit. Y'all catch my drift? We're not here to avoid the material realm. We're not here to avoid the digital realm. I would like to propose that if you feel drawn to show up to this internet, to this media, to digital strategy, to building a business using this material that is the internet, then I want to invite you to come here, come here with it, come come all the way to the top with it, come 100% with it and move through it in a way that allows you to transmute your fears into a sense of belonging in the story of creating human wealth on the planet. You belong in the story of human wealth. Again, we're putting the hamster pellets on the table and we're slowly pushing them off the table into the trash can. And we're picking up greens and we're picking up cornbread. We're picking up nourishment. You are allowed to be a part of this story of creating human wealth. And that has nothing to do with your worthiness. It has everything to do with your intentions. So your value proposition positions you in such a way that allows you to build the resources that that fuel your intentions, okay? So the next thing, part two, okay? We got two more parts here. Hang in there. So we talked about value proposition as a a powerful strategic tool for remembering your why. So whenever I feel like I'm getting lost in sauce, I go back to my value proposition. I go back to my intentions. Like, what am I doing? Why am I here? Okay, I got it. I got it. I'm not here to just be like a flamboyant artist, which I am here to be a flamboyant artist in some ways, but that's not like the whole story, right? I'm here to do the work that I'm wired to do on the planet and and to be here in an intentional way. I truly believe that and whatever you believe I support. So our next phase is the framework. Using a framework for transformation. Frameworks are powerful opportunities to create intentional, consensual transformation in your community. One of the most powerful things I've ever learned as a business owner is that people are not here to purchase my essence. People are not here to purchase my essence. People sense my essence. They feel my essence. They feel my aura. They feel all of that. But I cannot be, it cannot be commodified. My essence cannot be commodified or packaged or sold. What they are purchasing is my process. They are purchasing, how did I get here? They're purchasing my process packaged into a framework. How do I do this again? My essence or the essence of my business even is like a water that that goodness, that framework travels on, right? So what is a framework? A framework is a repeatable process that supports the transformations your communities, your customers are experiencing. And you can create a repeatable transformation no matter what stage of innovation you're in in your business. It doesn't matter if you started your business on a sticky note or if, if you're at spreadsheet level. You can create powerful transformation through a framework. And if you still need more context in a framework, basically it's like the one, two, three step. And I'm not saying that every transformation can happen in one, two, three steps. But when we look at the process of like an alchemical exchange, right? So I also call this like business alchemy. You were walking people through a change of states. That is a framework. You are, you are channeling a change of states through a framework, basically. So again, it doesn't matter whether or not you have a dope website or 200 Instagram followers or 20 or 20,000 Instagram followers or a list of 60 people. It's, it's, your impact doesn't live in the number of people. So your, your, your framework, your, your framework for transformation is not um, successful based off of the number of, pe- 
of people who are following it. But again, going back to that value proposition, your your impact, your success lives within your ability to be present in your process. Are you showing up to your process, basically? Are you showing up to this framework? Are you sharing this framework? Are you inviting people into this framework of changing states, right? So one of this is this is a really powerful way for me to remember my why because i can i can use my framework to track progress i can use my framework to understand where am i in my business where is my customer in my business what is, like what what is the story that's going on here how are we creating this dance right so a framework is a really powerful tool and when it's repeated when it's when it's successful it's it's a tool that can be repeated with consistent results, right? So it's like basically your process is repeatable with consistent results. When it's repeatable, when your process is repeatable with consistent results, you have a framework that can be interchanged through modality. So a really good framework can actually withstand multiple modalities. The the framework that I use, I've used it to teach poetry classes and help people transform through poetry. I've also used it to teach a brand strategy boot camp, right? It's it's about the transformation that ensues and the intention that that transformation is um, interacting with. Honestly, I believe that frameworks are like the secret sauce to every successful business I've seen. They process transform, like the more that you process transformation, the deeper levels of knowing you have, the deeper your confidence grows, the more your self-trust grows. I have a I have a framework called Fertile Frameworks that I use in every aspect of my business. It's something I teach all of my clients that allows people to create cyclical transformation. So this Fertile Framework is not a strategy, but it's a system for creating strategy that works for you, your business, your community, and your intentions, right? And if you're in Building Brave, you know about Fertile Frameworks. If you're not in Building Brave, then definitely hop on the wait list. We are opening that wait list uh, for the public, opening registration on March 21st. By the way, that's how we're doing all of our programs now. So every season shift, that's when we start to open programs. And we open them for 10 days, and then we're going to probably close them. We're testing it out this time, but we, we'd really love to invite you to quantize in on that B with us, Okay. We're opening programs March 21st on the spring equinox. So that fertile framework that I use, it actually helps me to build my business and build my community in a way that is trackable, right? So so I'm no longer looking at my um, Instagram followers to see if I'm doing a good job or I'm no, no longer looking to my likes or, you know, how people, you know, how popular I am today in order to perceive transformation. But I'm actually looking to my framework to see how are people finding success through the process? Are they finding success based off of the intentions that I set, the value proposition? I propose to bring this kind of interaction to the market for, for for instance, my value proposition is I propose to create spaces for creative entrepreneurs to show up to their work without selling out their souls to the internet. I propose to create space for entrepreneurs to breathe in their process. And so if that is happening at the end of my framework, then it's I have a successful framework. If it's happening consistently, I have a successful framework. And guess what? I believe I have a successful framework because that's what happens. That is That is what happens and it can be measured. So having a framework and understanding that people are not purchasing your essence you are you are not being consumed but your process is being held and considered by people who see it as medicine the third way to remember your why is to have a channel to pour the work through. Have a place that you go to pour out this powerful transformation that you are proposing to your community. A channel is basically, so the, def, the technical definition of channel is an electrical circuit that acts as a path for a signal, a tubular passage, a duct for liquid, right? So remember how we touched on how 
Your essence is like water that carries the work through. Well, where is it carrying it through? It's carrying it through a channel. It's carrying it through a structure. A channel is a structure through which currents travel. Your framework informs how that structure is here to create transformation. Your essence informs how that structure feels to the people that you're here for. Your proposition informs what, why, and for whom the structure has been created. Channels are really, really powerful tools of transformation, and they are also really powerful ways to come back to the beat, come back to your why, and remember, this is why I'm here. You can look to your channel and say, what is flowing through this? Is it in alignment with my intentions? Is, is what I'm proposing to bring to the market happening? right? You can look at the data that's flowing through that channel and assess, okay, is, is my why being enacted? Is my why being enacted? Putting on that God nature and looking at the data of what you have created to see what is actually happening. happening. What is actually happening inside of your business is one of the most powerful ways to transmute the energy of little worth and smallness and disillusionment and distrust in yourself and discouragement. In an esoteric sense, you can think of a channel as a portal. You can put your voice, your work, your intentions into that portal and watch what unfolds. In a practical sense, your channel can be an Instagram account. It can be your business structure. It can be an email list or a brick and mortar space or any other tactile thing that allows you to move your work into the market, be seen and observed and interacted with by people you are here to serve. And that's the distinction. A lot of us want to like ignore and try to avoid the part where we're interacting with the people that we're here to serve, but you can't do that. Um, well, you could do that. And um, I'm curious as to how that feeds your intentions. If your intentions are to not interact with people, then cool, do that. Gucci. Have fun with that. If your intentions are to serve people, which is how the exchange happens, right? So we can't, we don't exchange with avatars, we exchange with people. That's why I don't do avatars when I talk about niche. I don't do avatars when I talk about business and marketing. You are here to exchange with people. You are here to exchange with human beings who have their own goals and ideas and intentions of how they want to move into the art, into the market. You're not here to, to, to just, just build an audience. This is like one dimensional, one directional like thing where you are just projecting all of your <laughs> desires onto a people and expecting them to respond to you. And that can happen. That's cool. That's fine. But also there's an exchange that happens back. Even when you think about an artist who is putting on a show or a theater performance, there is an exchange that happens where those people who are in the audience have consented to be there with their dollar. They have consented to be there with their time and with their presence. And so it is an exchange. You are not just shouting into the void. You are exchanging with people who have consented to be there with you and listen to your process and to co-create with you. That's co-creation. So a channel really exists to create this space of co-creation, to create this space of resonance and community with the work that you're putting out into the world. And building resonance and community is just, it's different than building a one-directional, one-dimensional audience who you're not engaging with at all, right? And so whatever moral code you want to put around that, I don't have any around that. I'm just thinking about the logistics of how exchange works and like I said, I don't, ex- I don't exchange with like holograms or avatars. I exchange with people. Um, and, and that's just, I don't know. That feels like common sense to me. Um, so, so we can put that on the table and you can figure out how you feel about it. All of it, you know, all of this is up to you. One thing I like to think about when I'm thinking about like creating this channel, which Instagram is one of my major channels right now, and so is email. My website is a channel through which I'm channeling and funneling transformation through. These are tools, right? These are not like my, they are not my medicine. They are not my essence. My essence cannot be commodified through them, but I can funnel, um, I can funnel transformation through them. So one thing I like to think about is that 
When I feel tempted to shapeshift my essence in order to fit in the room, when I feel tempted to bend my um, bend my personality or bend my true nature in order to appease people, then I'm treating them like a one directional audience where they're here to observe me perform for them. And that's not fair. It's not fair to me. That's not fair to them. That's it's just not it's not exchange. I will end up feeling burnt out and rejected and bitter and tired and extracted from because there's no exchange. And this is where a lot of artists and creatives get stuck in the marketing phase where you're moving your work into the market and and we don't move into the sales phase where we're asking for what we need. Sales is not a dirty thing. You are literally positioning yourself in the market and saying, I have something to bring to you. I need exchange in return. That's powerful, holy, and fair. That's good. Get your exchange so that you can create powerful alchemy. That's how you transmute things, right? You exchange, right? A community expects you to perform for them. They expect you to give every everything, to, or not a community, an audience. That's what I meant to say. An audience expects you to perform for them. And I'm not talking about an audience who is paid and is like, you know, consenting with their dollar. I'm talking about the people who are just like kind of upholding the system of capitalism, expecting you to give them everything for free. But a community invites you to be with them and a community invites you to exchange with them and invites you to co-create with them and to build with them, right? Recognizing the difference is a powerful, powerful strategy, and channels allow us to do that. Channels allow us to assess the data between who is in my community, who am I exchanging with, whether it's a dollar or it's a, an idea, right? It doesn't matter what the currency is. It's exchange. Channels allow us to look at the whole picture and say, you know, who am I here for and why am I here? So let's be in this powerful, powerful dharma, knowing that we can show up as ourselves, that we don't have to compromise our values. And if we're ever feeling unashamed, if we're ever feeling ashamed of being ourselves, we can just look at the data, we can look at what's going on and see, oh, you know, am I, am I shape-shifting my essence to appease certain people? Or am I allowing myself to be who I am so that my business, my idea, my the work that I'm here to bring shines through. Never at ease, I don't know a limit. Chasing the dream, I don't know what sleep. I got a queen, she lit me to eat it. She break like a peach and she snappy to snip it. Well overdue for that link up the post. Text me to fall through a spider, she wrote it. Still with courage of doing a service. Pull up to the crib, I'm a Thank you so much for listening to the Brave School podcast. You can find us on the internet at braveschool.co. You can also find us on Instagram at braveschool.co and find me, your resident story doula at the story doula on Instagram. I'm so excited to serve you. Thank you for being here, friend.